0: Welcome back to Started From the Bottom. I am your host, Susan Peterson. Today we are doing our third series of installments on our mini masterminds. Um, and I have a very special guest. Marissa, welcome to Started from the Bottom.
1: Thanks, Susan. It's so fun.
0: I'm so happy you're here. Marissa worked for Freshly Picked and me for eight years. Yeah. Moved on last year. Um, I still miss you every day.
1: Oh, same. This is like so trippy. <laughs> this was my office. This was your that we're office. Uh huh. But, like, walking in, I was like, I haven't been here six months, seven months. Yeah, because
0: was it September?
1: It was August.
0: August. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. Did it feel weird driving out here? Yeah. I like was of...
1: like, oh, wait, what turn do I have to take again?
0: <laughs> you just shouldn't have even thought about it. Your muscle memory would have brought you here. I know. I know. So I brought Marissa in to talk about this next part of um, what we go over in the Mastermind. Marissa, you've been to what? Two masterminds now.
1: Two of them, yeah,
0: yeah. And um, you usually just talk on product, but you could really talk on anything. And um, we are talking about the three levers that we would always use um, in discussing freshly picked growth uh, potential, and then also a way to look back at what you've done and make sure that you're that everything's working right. Yeah, and, and those are traffic conversion and AOV. And we'll get into all of them. Um, actually, let's start with that. And then we can talk about like the different the different ways to manipulate. So traffic is, um, if you're on Shopify, this is easy to find and easy to track. But when you're thinking about like, where does all your traffic come from? Um, Marissa just started a brand actually. <laughs> Comment. It's
1: really small, you guys. It's just an on the side for fun. Things. It's like your
0: side hustle for you and your sister, right? I don't Is even it a passion know if I can project?
1: Call it like a, it's a passion project for my sister. I feel bad it's not my side hustle.
0: Yeah, but you do it with I'm her. I'm
1: super busy, but I do it with her. Uh-huh. And yeah.
0: So you're you're actually seeing these three things play out right now. Even Yes,
1: and in my current job so I actually work for Tanner who's been mm-hmm. on the podcast too. Um, at Shirt Stop. At Shirt Stop running one of his other companies, Swear Studio. Um and we build brands for influencers. And, like, the first thing I looked at when I started over there was what is everyone's traffic conversion and AOV? Because, like, if you want to grow, mm-hmm. those are the three things you start messing around with.
0: Yeah, you start tracking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, what your traffic is, obviously, everyone that's coming to your website. Um, your conversion is how many people of those that come to your website actually convert. And your AOV is how much each person spends, average order value. Mm-hmm. And so, if you have like a thousand people come at five percent conversion, which is amazing, five <laughs> yes, percent. So I good. wish
1: we had five percent <laughs> on any of the sites I help manage.
0: Um, everywhere on the internet says three to five percent is average, and I think that's probably true. Like if you can get three percent, that's amazing. Two and a half is actually really good too. Yeah, over. A I year. always
1: tell my brands for fashion, I think it's closer to like one to two. One point five is kind of average,
0: really for fashion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and then like I think skincare is a lot higher. Um, if you have like a high price product and you're getting really good qualified leads there, you're probably gonna have a higher conversion rate just because this is a website should convert. But five percent is okay. So if you say again, you have a thousand people coming at five percent conversion, so you have fifty people convert out of a thousand and your average order value is five hundred, then you're gonna get twenty five hundred in sales that day. Mm-hmm. Great! That's amazing. amazing. We're so proud of you. Yes. <laughs> and so then, what you can start playing around with is like, okay, what if conversion rate and AOV stays the same, but you get two thousand people to come to your website? You just doubled. You your, just doubled. Yeah. yeah you, your yeah. revenue or traffic stays the same, conversion stays the same, but your average order value goes up to a hundred. Doubled. Doubled. Yeah. yeah. So it's fun. Like traffic and AOV double, then you just quadrupled. Yeah, so it start. It's fun to start messing around with those. So, how do you get more people to your website? <laughs> this is what always it comes down to because people. Yes, are
1: like, this is usually like I feel like the other two are a little more easy to play around with and pinpoint.
0: Yeah, those are more internal things. Yes. Yes.
1: This is more external, and I think the other big thing is getting like qualified purchasers to your site. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. So you're thinking. So let's start with um, where I always start, which is organic social. Uh Not everyone starts there, but I think if you're a product company, it's kind of a really good place to start. So you should have an organic social presence. When I first started Freshly Picked, I remember I was trying, everyone's like, do Facebook, do Facebook, do Facebook, Mm -hmm. right? And at the time, Instagram was not owned by Facebook. Or do Twitter or or have a blog, which I did have a blog, but, um, I remember I was at my friend's house and I was watching her breastfeed and look at Instagram at the same time. And like a light bulb went off for me. I was like, Oh my gosh, new moms are hanging out on Instagram. And, and I just didn't even invest in Facebook until way later, but that paid off for me because it's like, where does your audience hang out?
1: Yeah. Like who is your demographic and where do you find, where do you find them?
0: Yeah. Well, where do they shop? What Mm -hmm. other accounts are they following? um how much money do they make all of that stuff so like if you're if you're going to build a business to business um business business to business a b2b business probably uh linkedin is a good place to start or twitter I think
1: linkedin if you're if you're going to sell physical products to them find out what b2b platforms they're on Yeah, there's a million there's fair there's yeah different wholesale sites tundra
0: yeah where are people hanging out what there's are they no doing
1: you, FP. Why for, can't I remember it? New Order. Yes, New yeah. Order. But yeah. Like find out where they're hanging out and everyone's like making good platforms around it.
0: Yeah. Yes. Um, Reddit, Facebook, all of these places. Wherever, you're cu- wherever your ideal customer is hanging out, that's where you want to start building a community. And then it's really important that you build a community around your business.
1: Oh, yeah. I think that's such an underrated, I mean, it's swear you don't have a good community, your sales aren't going to be there.
0: Yeah, I think actually um, in this day and age, and I could be wrong, and I'd love for you to push back on it if you disagree, but community is more important than the product you create.
1: Yes. Your followers are never going to believe you if you don't have a community, a one-on-one relationship with them, and mm-hmm. you feel more than just like you're pushing product.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially for influencers yes. or product brands. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I always say like your audience is essentially it, you think audience big. And then we put them in a funnel and your community are people who've opted in to be part of your community. Whether they opt in for an email, follow SMS, you, follow you, SMS. You do,
1: um, the subs- subscribe now on Instagram. Oh, yeah.
0: Subscribe now kind of thing. And then your customers are converted community members is where you'd want it to be. Yes. And then your returning customers come from the customer base. And so it's just like getting people into your community is kind of the first step.
1: Yeah. So I would say like top of the funnel is that organic, mm-hmm. social, and then creating that community and having them opt into to email, SMS, something else mm-hmm. that gets them further down the funnel.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And get, and get them to your to website. To yeah. And and that has always gone along with that, that. We've done it freshly picked is influencers. I love influencers.
1: Oh, I mean, that's whole, that's the whole Swear's whole business is built on influencers. They'll change
0: your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just have such a big megaphone and they're able to, like, um, and an, an, a good influencer has like an intimate relationship with her community. And yep. so she's able to, like, they trust her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a level of trust there. Yeah. So if you're looking, how do I get people over to my, my community without, Buying ads, which can sometimes come with its a different set of problems. I would say start with influencers.
1: Yeah, I think influencers are easier to start with. Than paid. Than paid ads.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because it's like less less things to wrap your head around. Mm-hmm. It's a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, Marissa uh, and Ariel, when they launched a Comment, their new brand, they had the best influencer party and a ton of people actually showed up.
1: We were shocked. We have some really amazing friends
0: you do but it's like that's who you start with is your friends yeah Yeah, start with your friends people want to support you I think
1: oh your friends definitely want to support you too so that's where we started was just like who do we know that even has any sort of following it didn't matter if it was two thousand five thousand ten thousand I didn't care Mm -hmm. but those are the people that are most likely to show up for you too
0: yeah yeah and then you guys from that event had like do you know what your reach was off of that did you track it I'm shocked yes, if but she. It's,
1: been, <laughs> it's been, been so long that I like can't remember. I'd have to pull it up.
0: Yeah, but it was like pretty good.
1: It was really good reach. Yeah, yeah. that week was amazing content.
0: Yeah, and even kinda. if it doesn't convert, then then you can like you get people to follow no, you. I mean, you we get started with zero email.
1: followers. So how many do you have? I think we only have six hundred. Six hundred.
0: That's great, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's good.
1: It's good for a little side gig.
0: Also, at six hundred followers everyone's going to see every post that you put up yes because
1: we get really good engagement you haven't like views yeah you
0: haven't tripped the the algorithm yet to be Mm -hmm. like oh this this account could pay yeah um and then any other traffic things
1: i mean we haven't really touched on ads but i mean that's another way to get traffic that i think a lot of times with traffic what's tricky or with paid ads is you don't always get
0: qualified leads
1: it's a little bit harder to sort through the weeds on that and like who are you exactly targeting
0: yeah in your ads and making sure that like at freshly picked we we only really wanted to spend money for to acquire new customers yes making sure that you're not acquiring returning customers just retargeting yeah yeah because i actually bought a bag very expensive bag uh not from freshly made, <laughs> um, last week from this company called Shinola, um, it's like beautiful leather bags, and um, I bought it. I had been looking at it for like weeks. I even went to the store in Soho when I was in New York. Uh-huh. Um, I'd called them. I had been on their website. I, when I purchased, guess what? That's when I started getting the ads. Oh yeah. And it's like such a waste of money.
1: Yes. Like
0: I should have been getting the ads for weeks prior to. Uh-huh.
1: Like, or they should be waiting and holding to when they know you're going to make your second purchase. Yeah. And then start targeting you. Literally then. for
0: three days after I purchased, I got ads. And I'm like, I already, I'm not coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Making sure that you're spending. So, um, and now with this new AI, every, all ad like it's ads are just going to get better, but making sure that you that you get with the right agency or the right ad person is really important. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't even start with ads until your email list is like at 10,000 or your organic social starts to dip or you run out of influencers. Like I would just not start with ads first. No. 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 Because there's you, you, you should there's optimize. There's so many
1: other things you can. I mean, ads cost a lot of money too. So like how much... How much capital do you have to spend on those versus can you send a couple of free products to influencers can you start partnering do you do affiliate links
0: right can you follow them and start commenting and building a relationship mm-hmm. with them yeah um also I have a theory and everyone that works in product has the same theory but I don't think Instagram or or meta will ever admit to it but once you start paying for ads your organic reach goes way down
1: Oh, I think it's so true.
0: It's true, right? Because
1: they want you to continue to pay.
0: Right. Because now you're in the bucket of like, this person will pay. Uh Yeah. And let's like take away their organic so that um, they have to pay for all of that too. Yeah. For growth, for people to see stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's annoying. So hold off on pain, I would say. Okay. Let's talk about conversion. I think there's two things. You brought up two good points, which were um, your website needs to work right. And what was the other one? Qualified leads. Qualified leads. Okay, let's talk about website first because I know you did a lot of website work. Yes, and you've just built your own website. I just built my own
1: website. <laughs> yes, I manage all the websites for all swear clients. Yes. So yeah, this is. I mean, the first thing I look at is how many clicks to get to the product.
0: To get to the product.
1: So don't bury your product on yes. the fourth page.
0: Yes, your best product, your best selling product, should be at the very top. Yes. Of every page it should be
1: at the very top, but also. Don't have it, like, literally count your clicks of how many clicks does it take you to get to your very top product. Mm-hmm. Do you have to go in, like, what does your nav look like? Mm-hmm. And is it home shop? Like, what, what happens after shop? Is there another drop down that you mm-hmm. got to go through? Um, so just make sure, like, your clicks are really good. And then how many clicks to add to your cart.
0: Yes. And then how many clicks to t- to check out.
1: Yeah. And Shopify... Like just the other day, I was reading some updates. I don't think it's rolled out yet. I think it's rolling out, but Shopify's checkout is not the greatest. You have to like enter all your info and agree to a bunch of stuff. Then you click next. Then you go through your shipping. Then you add your credit card. Then you check out. They have made it all one page.
0: Oh, really? Yes.
1: So it's going to be so much better too.
0: Yeah. Shop Pay. I love Shop Pay. So if you have Shopify, Shop
1: Pay for me is dangerous as I a know. consumer. I
0: know. Well, you know, our friend Charlie. He launched his book, and I went on the website to buy the books, and Uh he didn't have Shop Pay, and I called him, and I was like, "Put Shop Pay on your website because I'm in bed and I want to buy your books, and I'm not going to buy them."
1: Shop Pay is just so easy; everything is already in there for me, Mm -hmm. and so I don't have to fill out any of that. And if someone a Shop Pay doesn't have Shop Pay,
0: it is annoying. Yeah, and if you're tracking your products, you know exactly when things are going to get there. It tells Mm -hmm. you when things are out for delivery. Like it's honestly just so nice. But it
1: has. My address is saved, my credit card saved.
0: (laughs) It is dangerous as a consumer, but if I'm in bed at night and I click on an Instagram and I see what I like and I go to buy it and it doesn't have shop pay and I have to put in my credit card, I don't buy. It's a really big, I think it cuts down your abandoned cart. Yes. By a lot. I
1: also think, yeah, if I have to type in anything, it makes me think about it more. Like, do I really want this? Mm -hmm. But But if it's shop pay... Oh yeah. Checkout. It's the same
0: thing with like the Amazon buy now. Yes. Like,
1: <laughs> it's Shopify's version of that. Yes. Sure. It's like
0: a slide thing. Buy now. Okay. Yes. It doesn't even feel like you spent money. No. No. So those are kind of, and then again, I think qualified leads goes back to your audience is making sure that the people that are in your audience, the influencers that you're working with, um, everything that you're sending to your community to like build your community. You're not like it freshly picked. We would have never partnered with someone who didn't have kids.
1: It just like doesn't make sense. It doesn't make
0: sense. We love we love everyone. We love all the women, but if you if we're if we're gonna send you product, where you need to have babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. it's the same thing. Like, don't be selling car parts and trying to market through like a makeup girl. Like it's yeah. not gonna happen. Make sure
1: your influencers line up for sure. so yes. that you do have more qualified leads. Yeah, on your and
0: site. don't get don't get starry eyed over like numbers. No. Yeah.
1: Sometimes numbers on people's socials. Yeah, it's not real. It do, yeah. Or it doesn't, it doesn't add up. Anything. And it we doesn't... also
0: found like micro influencers are way better than macro influencers sometimes. Because
1: their community is so different.
0: Because their community believes them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah, definitely qualified leads on your conversion and really taking a look at your website.
0: Yeah. Making sure that it's easy to find your product. And then once you find your product, it's easier to And check are you
1: out. answering like the top customer questions? on those product pages
0: yeah which leads into customer journey around AOV and LTV so AOV is average order value LTV is lifetime value um, which is where you really want to pay attention to your customer journey so to that point like when someone lands on the site do they know how to get to the product easily are they adding it to their shop is there an easy checkout and then what is the aftercare that you do for each each Mm -hmm. person Like, are they encouraged to come back or is it just like they put in a massive email list that doesn't actually serve them? Yeah. And are they segmented in their email list? Yeah.
1: (laughs) According to like possibly what they purchased when they purchased Uh and all of that.
0: Yeah. Like if someone came in on a sell, we always like to like make sure we understood that because we love all customers are freshly picked. But sell client sell customers could sometimes be the worst customers.
1: Yes. And they usually only Come back and purchase during a sale,
0: right? So you don't need to send emails so don't send,
1: yeah. Don't spam them a bunch of emails until the next sale,
0: yeah. Or text until the next sale, and then let them know there's another yes. sale going,
1: yeah. And they'll probably
0: purchase again, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then it freshly picked. So we did. You were there when it happened. We did moccasins until 2018. Yes. So for the first eight years oh my god, is that right yes. yes we did moccasins and then we added diaper bags and diaper bags well now they have price point of 200 but the time they had a price point of 175 and moccasins were 60 so our AOV went from do you remember I think it was like 48
1: yes it was somewhere around there 45 maybe yeah it was like our lowest AOV yeah
0: so average order value is 45 um, and then it went up to over a hundred dollars
1: I think it was at 120 Yeah,
0: I until be- we raised the price. Yeah. So yeah. when it 3X, which is like within a matter of six months that happened because it took a minute for the diaper bags to like get in and yeah. to like people to know that that's what we sold. But um, even if we would have not changed traffic or conversion rate the following year, we would have, we you could triple your business by just raising your AOV yeah. 3X. And so this is where you really, this is like your, domain but like thinking through new product that you bring into your business let's talk about that from like an AOV yeah an advertising so, point of view like there's a lot when you were thinking your product roadmap
1: yeah we used to keep track of every single product and the retail value and be like okay are we missing any any prices mm-hmm. like is there a price point we're missing for this product line for that product line and like are we diversified enough that we can, capture the attention of multiple customers and and then filling in and like specifically designing a product for that price point
0: yeah yeah
1: kind of reverse engineering it instead of getting to a point where it was like okay we have this product now what should we retail it for it was like we already knew the retail before we started designing so we knew what would it do to our aov if it popped off and was like so popular and then another thing we always looked at was like can we bundle things? Yes. Can we get someone to buy more than one diaper bag or more than one shoe? And then what does that do to your AOV?
0: Yeah. Or if they're buying a diaper bag, what are the other things that they want at the same Mm -hmm. time? Like you guys brought in stroller clips.
1: Yeah. So we started bundling stroller clips that really helped with AOV. You were no longer buying $175 diaper bag. You were also adding on $25 stroller clips. And even though we gave you like, I can't remember, like 15% discount. Yeah. That was still huge for us that you bought two things. Right. And had a higher AOV.
0: Right. And then the zip pouches Mm -hmm. or the fanny packs, like just adding those on when, um, when people were already going to purchase. Yeah. Makes it, it brings your AOV up quickly. And then thinking through the LTV is like, how long is this customer going to be a customer of us? So Freshly Picked, we're, we were, we had to get okay with our customers leaving it at like 18 months. Mm Mm-hmm. Like we're going to get them. We're going to get mom when she's pregnant and we'll have her until the baby's about 18 months old. So two years max. And then we always have to mine for new customers like wedding and baby industry. Yeah. You're always looking for new customers. Yes. Yeah. And so as you're looking at your product offering, is there anything that you can do to keep your customer longer or can you catch her sooner? Her or him sooner. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then what else can you offer them during mm-hmm. that time period? For us, it was very specific events in their life. You're pregnant. We usually got you, your first purchase was a diaper bag. Mm-hmm. Then after that, you would wait a little bit till you had your baby. You got moxed. But what else could we offer you though in those two years? What else yeah. did you need?
0: Yeah, and even between diaper bag and moccasins, the weekender came in and a lot of people started purchasing that for their hospital bag yeah, and so we got them so we added another purchase in there and then as the mocks came in before their first birthday how many mocks could we create could we help them with events so like easter christmas back to school mm-hmm. anything first like birthday, that first birthday disneyland yeah. trips yeah yeah so just thinking of your product offering and what your customer is doing in that time frame and making sure that you have product to answer the events in their life yeah, and
1: then you can really maximize their lifetime value, especially with us where we only had a two-year period. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I got to get out as much as I can out of you almost yes. before I say bye let's, and I have to go. Let's reframe that. One.
0: We want to serve you as yes. well as we can <laughs> before you move on. Yeah, exactly. All right, so at the end of every Mastermind or mini Mastermind episode, we, off, we, we have a challenge. So if you're on Shopify, this is super easy.
1: So easy. You go to your analytics. hmm and it's just
0: on the main dashboard. It's the top all three. All of these. Right. Four. Well.
1: One conversion goes down. Oh, you're on right. On the bottom left. You're right.
0: Um,
1: But it, it's all on your like front page of your dashboard. Yeah. And you can change like the time period you're looking at. But yeah. you will see your traffic. You mm-hmm. can even scroll down a little bit and see where all your traffic sources are coming from. Which is
0: squishy. Yes. It's not with, 100%. With Shopify, yeah. it's always yeah. squishy. It's very yes. squishy. Yeah.
1: Uh, They could clean that part up a little bit. And then you'll see your AOV and you'll see your conversion all right there.
0: Right. So first things first, go and pull last year's AOV conversion and um, traffic. Um, And then what we would do is this is how we would forecast into the next year. It's like, okay, how much, what do we want to make?
1: So you look at your last year's. That's why it's so important. You pull and you say, okay, If we could replicate that traffic every single month, Mm -hmm. that AOV every single, keep that AOV study, keep your conversion study, what could you do?
0: Yeah. If we just get 15% more traffic to the site.
1: And then you start playing around with those little, like if we could get 15% more, if we could up our AOV by $5, $10 Mm -hmm. per person, Mm -hmm. if we could have our conversion rate go up by even 0.2%.
0: Yeah. If your conversion is sitting anywhere between, I would say two to 5%, worry about that one the least. just try to keep that steady Eddie. Yeah. Um, so that's number two is forecast a year. Play around with the, um, different scenarios. You guys are going to think, well, I don't know how to use Excel. Listen, I did this in a notebook for the first five years.
1: (laughs) Tell Susan learned Excel.
0: I don't even know Excel right now. (laughs) Marissa, don't act like I know it.
1: You send me the funniest memes about Excel
0: though. (laughs) I appreciate when people know how to do Excel. But do you remember when um, Nika told me that watching me do Excel was like watching her mom try to text? Yes, it's painful.
1: <laughs> Absolutely painful to watch shoes use Excel. But that's okay. Create an
0: Excel. I know how to, I know how to read it and I can ask you the right questions once it's made. Yes. Yes, that's all you need to know. So if you don't know how to do Excel, don't try to teach yourself for this. Just write it in a notebook or like yeah. get a poster board. Just
1: start tracking it somewhere. Just
0: start tracking it. And so that's number three is start tracking these three things weekly because once you understand the numbers in your business then you can start to manipulate the numbers if you don't understand the numbers you don't pay attention to them because you're scared of them then you can't start manipulating them
1: definitely and then start tracking what you're doing to manipulate them yeah how does that affect those three things
0: right number and narrative so like if you all of a sudden have an increase in traffic or where did that come from Uh figure it out Did someone post about you
1: did your conversion stay the same? Did your
0: And did your AOV stay the mm-hmm. same? Yeah. If it, they did, then replicate what you did to get the more traffic. Yeah.
1: Or yeah. run a sale. See what yeah. happens. Your AOV may go down, but maybe your conversion goes up.
0: Yes. So exciting. <laughs> and keep us posted if you do something yeah, fun. I want to know. know. <laughs> okay. Marissa, thank you so much for coming on. Of course. You're the best.